0: In honor of its 125th anniversary, the Brooklyn Public Library put out a list of its 125 most borrowed books. What came in at number one? Um, for once, I was not asking for like a jokey answer. So, if you are going to suggest um, Snooki's uh, book that came out like I don't know, like a decade ago. Um, don't choose that. Um, Matt, you're shaking your head. Let's start with you.
1: I'm trying to figure out how Snooky even wrote a book. Um, <laughs> but that's beside the point. I, uh, I don't like this book, but I'm going to suggest it as like at least probably top five, Catcher in the Rye.
0: Okay. Um, Tabitha.
2: Matt took my answer. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with... Uh to kill a mockingbird.
0: To kill a mockingbird. Okay. Lydia.
3: I think it's the Guinness Book of World Records
0: 1993. <laughs> <laughs> Lydia, did, did you look this up before we started tonight? Um I plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> um but no, it is actually um and a lot of children's books showed up on this list, but coming in at number 1 where the Wild Things Are. Oh. Huh. Yeah. Okay.
2: So, this is going to be real random, but the author of Where the Wild Things Are, Maurice Sendak, mm-hmm. I, as soon as, like, you asked this question, I got a, a notice in my news feed that Maurice Sedgwick, or Marcus Sedgwick died, <laughs> and I was like, Mitch just killed that man. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: but everything's fine. <laughs>
4: Everything is fine.
0: Is... Is Marie Sedek still with us? I have no idea. Okay.
2: Marcus Sedgwick is not.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to The Geek Awakens with Mitch, Matt,
3: Tabitha, Lydia,
5: and Pickett.
0: funny I don't know why I chuckled I'm sorry about that
3: I mean it is it is you and us and we are very dark people so mm. I mean it's kind of fair
0: yeah and just awkward mm.
4: yeah. yeah
3: that too that too
0: all right so like I said we're starting this episode off on kind of a somber note uh we found out last week that beloved uh voice actor Kevin Conroy passed away on November 10th. Uh, obviously best known for portraying both Bruce Wayne and Batman in various different animated series, uh, animated movies, video games—you name it—he played the character for well over twenty years. Um, he was also a regular at conventions, uh, including Wizard World. And at the end of tonight's show, uh, we actually we had a chance to talk to Kevin back in twenty seventeen. And at the end of tonight's show, uh, we're actually going to play that interview in its entirety. Uh, so stick around for that. Um, our friend uh, Danielle uh, from Soulsy and the Movies, yeah. she is the one who broke the news to me. And it was kind of like one of those things I was like, you know, she just sent me a message. She was like, Kevin Conroy died. And I was like, wait a second. I had to, I had to Google Kevin Conroy because I was like, she can't be talking about... The the yeah. Kev- like I I was like I was convinced that I was I saw that name but was thinking of somebody else like you know like she I I saw Kevin Conroy but she actually meant like Kevin Costner yeah you know um, <laughs> not that I want Kevin Costner to die but you You've been less upset about that yeah sadly. a little a little yeah um but yeah but it was it was yeah like and then I saw. Like so I googled and I was like, Okay, yeah, we're talk we're thinking to the same person. But at the time, you know, like Wikipedia hadn't you know, changed the information and there weren't any news articles about it yet or I, I think there were, but there weren't any like legitimate sources, you know. And so I'm like, maybe there's a chance.
3: Maybe not. <laughs> Unfortunately yeah.
0: not. Yeah.
3: See, at least you had somebody that actually like knew who he was. I was disappointed in every person that I work with that day, because I was scrolling through Facebook on the like, little bit of downtime I had, and I saw that, and I was just like, oh my god, Kevin Conroy died, and everyone's like, who? I cannot work with you people anymore.
0: <laughs> For a half second, I thought you were about to say that- You can't work with us anymore. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I was starting to worry that your brand new husband didn't know who Kevin Conroy was.
3: Oh, oh no! Um, I then um, sent the news to him because I'm like, he's gonna know immediately, and he's gonna be crushed. Like, I have to tell somebody, and it seemed he seems appropriate.
0: And he's gonna be crushed. I can't wait to tell
4: him. <laughs>
3: <laughs> At least he has some like sympathy toward it. Everybody I worked with is just like, eh, okay, that's sad, cool, but no. So I text my Kevin, and I was like. Kevin Conroy died, and he just sends back, "WTF?" Uh, If if it was I wasn't the only one here at work, I would I would go home.
4: Like like, I didn't know it was gonna hit you that hard. I'm sorry,
3: (laughs) but that was not a good day. (laughs) No.
0: All right, let us go ahead and open up the pool list. Uh, We have a couple of books to talk about tonight. Uh, The first one is called. Door-to-door, night-by-night, not door-door-night-night, as some of us think it was.
2: That is the artist's fault, not mine. Did you see that cover? That's how it reads. Door-door, night-night.
3: Is this going to be like the woman in a cat meme situation here? Yes. (laughs)
2: Yes. I'm the cat.
0: Anyway, (laughs) door-to-door, night-by-night, is out now from Vault. Uh, It's written by Cullen Bunn with art by Sally Cantorino. So, while hitchhiking, Max becomes part of the Heritage Mills team, selling family portraits door-to-door. Things take a turn when she realizes a lot of kids have come up missing in this town they've stopped in. I enjoyed this first issue. Um, I feel like there's a lot more to this story. There's a lot more to this monster that is you know, abducting children or or whatever, what have you. I thought that it just, it got kind of a classic horror movie vibe. Uh, any horror movie that stars children, you know, like whether it's It or It Chapter 2 or, you know, whatever. Um, like those are the only two I could come up with off the top of my head. But also, like, some of these characters, and I don't I'm sure it's not what the artist was thinking of, but like, I was easily um, casting some of these characters, you know, like, the big bearded guy, like, that's, that's gotta be Steve Agee, like, if we (laughs) ever get an adaptation of this, and um, Max, I am completely blanking on her name, but Agatha Harkness, I was like, Mm -hmm. yeah, so anyway, um, Vault, if you ever decide to adapt this, hire me as your casting director. It's fine, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's one of those books that's like, that while the first issue wasn't excessively creepy, like you know, like what we've gotten from Cullen Bunn before, I feel like I feel like this is just a taste of what we're in for. So,
1: um, Matt, what do you think? Um, this was a, it, I almost want to say it was a slow first issue until the last few pages, and then all hell breaks loose kind of literally um i i I was a little confused on where it was gonna go as i went through um but like i said you get to that point about three quarters of the way through and um you get a taste of what's really gonna go on in this series and what's gonna happen um I definitely think that there's more to Max's story than we have been given in that first issue. Um, so I don't know. It, it's not my favorite Cullen bun that we've read, but uh, I, I'm still here to see where his dark and twisted mind will take us.
2: Tabitha. I didn't know where this was going literally at any point in which I was reading it. So I originally was like, Oh, okay. So they're selling these photos. They're going to, like, steal people's souls or something. And then I was like, all right, so this girl just, like, got wrapped up in the wrong stuff. And then this random, like, I think I read something different than what you guys read. Because I hated this. (laughs) Like, like very rarely do I, like, regret reading something that we got. Unless it's about an apocalypse. Correct. (laughs) Or robots. I very rarely regret, like regret it even those apocalypse stories most of the time i don't regret reading it i'm just tired of the same old like i wanted my 15 minutes back with this i really like the art which is literally what i said i was like ugh, and then like the third page was like oh i really like this art and then i kept going and it just kept getting worse and like it felt like someone was like telling a story based on like an ai's prediction of what a story should be
4: mm
0: also out now, uh, this time from Oni Press, is Tally or Tolly, Tolly, yeah, uh, Daughter of the Moon, Volume One by uh, Soraya. Uh, so Tolly is one of the last summoners and is being chased by Lord Ulric, fo- uh, foe to Lord Casca. Tolly's adopt- adoptive father. She enlists the help of Sir of Knight Sir Alan and others along the way in an effort to escape capture. Um, I apologize to the author and Oni Press and anybody involved with any word that I just messed up there. <laughs> it's all my bad. All my bad. Um, <clears throat> Lydia, I know you read a little bit of this. What do you think?
3: Yeah, I, I got about two chapters in. Um, I got an anime vibe from this, like right off the bat. Uh, just the way the characters react to each other and situations is very much like a manga anime kind of vibe to it um the story so far like i feel like i've read similar things to it before but i'm not upset about it like i want to see where it goes and see what kind of twists they can throw into it to make it a more original kind of story so i'm definitely going to keep reading it um but past that like say art's kind of Again, more kind of like a manga more than just a straight comic. And that's not a bad thing either.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm only about a chapter in. And you're absolutely right about it, like having a feel of a manga. In fact, like for the first couple pages, I was like, wait, do I have to read this manga style? Or wait, no, no. <laughs> regular. Okay. Um, it was messing with my head just a smidge. Um, the story is interesting. I, I haven't gotten a good enough feel of the characters yet although um, I'm completely blanking on his name but like the the young kid that she meets up with who's like really fast and is good with a sword or whatever Lilo? What? Lilo, Lilo, Yes. Yes. Thank you. Um, he's very sassy and very sleepy and also <laughs> my spirit animal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh but no, like, I, it's, what I've read so far is a really good start. I'm really excited to, to read it. And you, you, you hit the nail on the head. It was like within the first like three pages that I was in, I was like, this is definitely, this feels like a manga. Um, Tabitha, what'd you think?
2: I really like this. Um, the, I had some struggles with the art because it was doing that thing where there were fight scenes and I was having a hard time figuring out who was doing what, um, at least a, more toward the end. But I really like the story. Um, kind of my only issue with this was you are in this kind of like medieval-based fantasy world, right, where you have lords and ladies and whatnot, and then you've got, like, these random moments of, like, very modern slang language that happened, and it, like, really pulled me out of the story. Um, But then I got to the end of this, and I literally went, I need the next one, because this, it, it ends in such a way that I need to know where these people are going, and it lends itself, like, I think this would make an absolutely excellent, like, actual book like based on mm. these characters, like I wanted more background. Which I mean, it's very rare that I don't want more background, but this, like, I feel like it really lends itself to those background stories.
1: Matt, what do you think? This was fantastic. Um, I I only really have a couple of of gripes. Um, one is that it's not the whole story. We have to get volume two. Because um, you do, you get to the end and you're like, wait a minute. I I have to get volume two to, f- to get more of what's gonna happen here um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but I was in a lot of the stuff we've read recently, it has been the graphic novels have not been volume one. they've just been a cohesive like a complete story um, So I was just looking for the end which we'll have to get in volume two at least. Um, normally black and white art, doesn't bother me. But this particular case did just a little bit. Um There were points where, th- like, there was one shot where they were looking down at the street, and the cobblestone street was, like, super detailed, and it pulled away from, for me, it pulled away from the characters and what was happening. Um And I felt like maybe if it had been in color, they would have been able to give the road a palette and then make the character stand out a little bit better. And I wouldn't have gotten lost in some of those details. Um, but either way um, I really enjoyed it. It was weird how there were some situations and I feel like there's a, a storytelling reason for this, but there's a number of places where the character's eyes disappear. Like all you're getting is the mouth and then like the head and the face, but there's no eyes. And I just, I didn't really understand why, and it was a little distracting. Um, so I think if I figured out why that was happening, I I wouldn't have been distracted by it. So if somebody, you know, can tell me why, I'm more than willing to learn. Um, but um, story-wise, this was great. Um, it's fantastic. I am ready for volume two to see how everything unspools.
4: All
0: right, guys, let's go to Trailer Takedown. And we've only got two movies to talk about tonight. Uh, Witcher. I, I guess I don't know that either of these are actually movies. No, they're both series. Series. Yeah, anyway. um, We've got Witcher Blood Origin versus Darby and the Dead. At first, I thought it was Darby of the Dead. And I thought that this was like an Irish... Uh, Shaun of the Dead Like
2: (laughs) Like Darby O'Gill and the little people The zombies Exactly (laughs) yeah Yeah.
0: like that's what I was expecting And I'm not going to start this week But I just want you to know like Within the first like two seconds I was like I was very wrong (laughs) So uh, Matt let's start with you
1: Um, So Witcher Blood Origin Is a four part Miniseries that is a Prequel to the Witcher Netflix series um, as much as I enjoy The Witcher and I've read a couple of the books, like I don't recognize any of these characters in this trailer. But at the same time, I'm I'm here for it. Like I, I the, it doesn't give you a whole lot of story. The trailer is definitely a lot of action. Um, but um, I, I I'm I'm already invested in want to know what is going on and how this is going to lead up to what we know of the witcher Um, Darby and the dead trailer is a series. that's going to be on Hulu. Um, Really? The only way I can think to describe this is to read the little synopsis from the article Um, is after suffering a near death experience as a young girl, Darby Harper gains the ability to see dead people. As a result, she becomes introverted and shut off from her high school peers and prefers to spend time counseling, lonely spirits who have unfinished business on earth. So at this point, We see dead people. We're helping people cross over. Not all that new. Um, But that all changes when Capri, the queen bee of the school's most exclusive clique, unexpectedly dies in a freak hair straightening accident resulting in the obvious cancellation of her upcoming sweet 17 party. Capri however pleads with Darby who can see her from the other side to intervene and convince Capri's friends to proceed with the party as planned in order to appease the wrath of the undead diva Darby must emerge from her self-imposed exile and reinvent herself which along the way allows her to find new joy back in the land of the living I I'm gonna be 100% honest the description of this, sounds a lot more interesting to me than the trailer did. Um, the trailer just didn't check the boxes that I was thinking we were going to get. Um, it's kind of a six cents, bring it on mashup. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of what I was getting. And I don't know that I really am ready for the high school drama. Um, That said, the cast looks like it's going to play well, so I don't know. Um, I am going to go seven points for Witcher Blood Origin and three for Darby of the Dead.
0: (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. Um, So you thought Sixth Sense and Bring It On. I thought Dead Like Me and uh, Mean Girls. (laughs) Um, also Witcher Blood Origin um, I did not know that Witcher um, and everything everywhere all at once were part of the same universe Um,
1: where's the googly eyes
0: yeah I was I waited I don't know all two minutes and 14 seconds however long that trailer was like for freaking googly eyes and I didn't get it I was very upset (laughs) Um, but no uh, Witcher Blood Origin looks cool. At the end of the day, I have not started anything of The Witcher, and this didn't do a whole lot for me. And the chances of me seeing it, very slight. Uh, with Darby, um, this was, and like I said, I mean, <laughs> I, I went into this trailer <laughs> thinking something way different, and so I was very wrong. Um, so... It, it was clearly not anything that I expected but I don't know it I don't know how much I'm here for you know like high school comedies anymore like that's I'm literally double the age of these characters you know it's <laughs> like oh god I can't believe I said that um, but at the same time there was something about Darby that I enjoyed. Um, I didn't necessarily laugh out loud a lot during this trailer, but I definitely smiled through like most of it. And I felt like, I felt like when they gave away the plot point that, you know, the, the head cheerleader dies and then has to, you know, like team up with her, you know, enemy um when they revealed that i was like i should have seen this coming far earlier and even at that point i still knew where they were going with it but still um but yeah this seems fun it seems cute uh not 100 percent for sure that i'm gonna watch it but i would definitely give it a try so i'm actually i'm gonna give eight points to darby and two to blood origin um tabitha
2: so you thought Dead Like Me and <laughs> Clueless. Is that what you said?
0: Uh, mean Girls. Mean Girls.
2: I thought Dead Like Me and Clueless. Mm.
0: <laughs> I'm just glad that somebody else knew what Dead Like Me was. Freaking love that I, show, Amazing, yeah. right? Anyway.
2: Fantastic show. Um, the Witcher, I've watched season one. It's fine. It's nothing, in my opinion, nothing super fancy to write home about. The timeline was confusing. Um, and also in this trailer, I was like, who invited Dr. Strange at least twice? Because like this (laughs) random man kept like coming out of like a whoo cloud with like a staff and like a blue jacket. I'm like, Steven.
0: (laughs) (laughs) For a second, I thought you meant that like Benedict Cumberbatch was in this show and I just, I completely missed it. No, <laughs> much, just like who like <laughs> yeah, okay. much like I
2: missed was dressed like Doctor Strange. Much
0: like I missed Leah Michelle a couple weeks ago. I will throw
2: a bell at you. Um, <laughs> you have two of them now. and I'm terrified. Projectiles. <laughs> I, I do have those. <laughs> Projectiles. Um. A, Darby O'Gill the Dead People, which is, <laughs> which is what I'm calling this, um, made me laugh a couple of times. Like The trailer actually looked like it was interesting. Also kind of gave me like a Pretty Little Liars vibe, and as bad as that show ended up, it started out really well. So this is something that I would actually sit down on like a day off when I'm home by myself and just binge watch, <laughs> whereas The Witcher, I have to like take those in like very small increments because my tiny pea brain can't handle all of the tiny wimy wimbly wimbly-wombly-whatever stuff. So... <laughs> Seven points to Darby O'Gill the Dead People, and three points to Stephen Strange does The Witcher.
3: (laughs) (laughs) All right, Lydia. So you guys thought all of that stuff. (laughs) My brain went Heather's and the Meg Cabot book series, The Mediator.
2: Oh my god. She's right. Out of all
3: of us, it's
4: Lydia. Lydia's
0: right. I mean, out of all of us, isn't it always Lydia? Fair. <laughs>
3: I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing?
0: Good, bad, and indifferent. It's Fair, enough. Fair
3: enough. Fair um, enough.
0: Yeah. And that's tonight's episode. <laughs> uh,
3: so... <clears throat> Witcher didn't really give me a whole lot to work with. It's a bunch of fighting and a bunch of people that I know nothing about, and nor care nothing about. I've also not watched the original series or played any of the games, so I have, like, no baseline for what's going on other than, hey, a lot of people are fighting. Cool. Um, Darby, yeah, it made me chuckle a couple times, but, yeah, I was definitely getting those mixed vibes of, like, This feels very Heathers-like, and this feels very, like, I've always wanted a a series made of The Mediator, and it never happened, and I feel like this is just, like, this is not going to fill that void, but it also looks fun, so I don't know. But I would much rather watch it than have to go back and figure out what the heck's going on with Witcher, so I'm going to give it seven, and I'm going to give Witcher three.
2: Lydia has sparked my need to read that Cabot book series again. It's one of my favorites. Nothing done for the rest of the year.
3: You're
0: welcome. Thank you. All right. So with a score of 25 to 15, Darby O'Gill and the Dead People wins <laughs> this week's trailer takedown. And Hulu, um, maybe think about making that show. <laughs> I think we'd all enjoy that.
5: I'd watch it.
0: Yeah. We can even be the casting director.
2: I mean, I could be one of the little people if we're being real here. <laughs>
0: All right, guys, let's get into some trailer takedown. Um, We
3: just did that. We just did that.
0: Gut reaction. (laughs) 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 I'm not having mental issues. It's fine. It's all fine. Matt, let's talk about Stranger Things.
1: (laughs) So Stranger Things season five is in the works. The final season, the end of it all. Um, and the Duffer brothers have made it known that they have turned in the first script for season five, a few weeks ago. And during a meeting with their Netflix execs who had seen the script, um, they let everybody know that quote, we did get our executives to cry. Yes. So. Um, the Duffer Brothers did joke that the only other time they had seen executives at Netflix crying was during budget meetings. (laughs) 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 So props to them for that joke. But um, it looks like season five is going to destroy all of us. Um, I don't know if that's good. I don't know if that's bad. I don't know if it's indifferent. Might as well use that since that's the title for the night. Um, But no, the title is It's Always Lydia. Oh, it's always Lydia. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um I I I'm I'm gonna go thumb sideways on this because I I know season five is coming. We have no idea when at this point, but just that note from them, I don't know that I am ready. Lydia.
3: So may you get me kicked out of the room, but I never finished season one. Really?
0: Yeah. It's not gonna get kick you out.
2: <laughs> Are you okay? That it's was not- like Missy Elliot like on reverse. <laughs> like what? What's that? Do <laughs> you put your thing down, flip it and reverse? it
1: <laughs> What happens if you reverse that section of the show?
4: <laughs> you're
0: then flipping you're gonna up it's playing yet. <laughs> yeah, then, then you're gonna find out. That I said, no one's gonna
4: kick you out. <laughs> Anyway,
3: (laughs) yes, I never actually finished the first season of Stranger Things, and with my attention span for things that I have not watched, I have not gone back to complete it and watch the rest of it. So the fact that the final season's coming up means pretty much squat to me at this point in time. So, for that reason alone, I'm gonna go with them sideways, but I like that their joke about the budget thing that was great. <laughs> <laughs> that gets a thumbs up
0: <clears throat> um, yeah, I'm gonna give this a thumbs up uh, I still haven't seen the most recent season uh, but at the same time, I feel like I feel like this series, while th- theoretically, yeah, it could probably go on for a few more seasons, mm-hmm. but I do feel like that. In the long run, its best days are probably behind it. Uh, and so I'm glad that they're going to go out really on everybody's you know terms. Um, at the same time, I'm with you, Matt. I, I, I don't know that I want to cry. So, yeah. <laughs> but still, thumbs up, <clears throat> Tabitha.
2: We have one episode left of <laughs> season four that has literally been sitting there for months taunting me because I cannot emotionally commit to watching that episode. The fact that this next season is going to destroy everyone. I'm gonna need like a week off of work <laughs> after I watch this because I have this sick tummy feeling that we're gonna get a sacrifice situation out of at least two of like the fan favorite mm-hmm. characters. Two? Uh, yeah. 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 I like mean Blaze of Glory or like one person's going to sacrifice themselves to save the greater good and i feel like it's going to be at least two people and i feel like those are going to be spread throughout the season this is my this is my prediction for what's going to happen
1: so we starting with one
2: we start with one oh god coming out of the gate someone dies and then at the very end we lose another main character oh
0: jesus i hadn't even thought about that do you do you have a theory on who
2: yeah i think our first person to go is going to be uh david harbour's character and I think our last person to go is gonna be Steve Harrington, which I am not gonna be okay with because I would sell my soul for Steve Harrington.
0: <laughs> Although not gonna lie, like every season, I assume that he's going to going to die.
2: Steve. Yeah. Yeah. Same.
0: Like I, I of the three seasons I've seen, I legitimately think that
1: each one I'm like I think he's probably he, gonna he's gonna probably gonna I, fight it I think he thinks the same thing yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> but is, like, what I think they've done is they've created this character that is selfless at heart even though he acts like a total tool shed sometimes like those kids are worth more than to him than his own life and that's been become very apparent throughout mm, the show yep and I think that that would be like the final like his final go out would be to sacrifice himself for if not all of the kids at least Dustin
1: have your thumb?
2: I don't know. Thumbs up. Okay.
1: <laughs> God, I'm already like just thinking about <laughs> That's it. Tearing up already, guys. Oh, <laughs>
2: it's gonna be rough, guys. Who it
1: are you? Who are you, Tabitha? Right? No, <laughs> it's gonna see. It's it is gonna be rough. And I side note, I think part of the reason that they're doing that is maybe I'm wrong, but the Duffer Brothers have been taken to task by the internet for the fact that they have brought on characters and killed them in the same season. So the only characters that have died are new introductions. Nobody that's been long lasting. Kind of like an MCU situation where for a long time they didn't kill anybody off. And season five, I think, is going to rectify that.
0: Rectify that and wreck everybody else. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. So uh, it was announced earlier this week that Star Trek Mission Seattle will not go as planned next year. Uh Star Trek Missions posted to their social media pages, uh quote, after careful consideration, unfortunately the decision has been made to not move forward with uh the Star Trek Mission Seattle event in 2023. We are working on new ways to bring our favorite Trek fans the optimum experience and we look forward to celebrating celebrating again in the future. Um I'm going to give this a thumb sideways. Uh I I know that I should be like oh no, thumbs down. Um Mission Chicago was fun,
1: Mm.
0: and while, like, if they ever came back to the Midwest again, I'd probably go again, depending on who the guests were. At the same time, though, um, I feel like it could have been way more than it was. It could have been much bigger than it was. And so if they take 2023 off to figure out how to make that happen cool awesome and if we get some other kind of star trek event even if they move on from like the missions brand i'm I'm okay with that and if i knew that knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that that was gonna be a thing i I would probably give this a thumbs up it's like okay cool you tried this now let's tweak it fix it whatever um i'm only giving a thumb sideways because it's like what if they're just like oh yeah we're totally gonna come back guys and then never do Mm. tap it
2: Yeah, I agree with you. If they're going to come back bigger and better and make this a better experience for people and they're just taking the year off to kind of regroup, Mm -hmm. thumbs up for them for admitting that because at the end of the day, like, they don't want to disappoint people. But if they're, like, taking it off to be like, we're going to kind of phase out, like, that makes me sad. So thumbs sideways.
1: Matt, I'm going to go thumbs up in the hope that they are indeed seeing that things aren't going to work out as best as they had planned so instead, step back, regroup, make another attack. Um, instead of just like pretending that we're pay- taking a year off and fading into the distance. Um, yeah, I'm going to go thumbs up on the hopes that they're just reorganizing and coming back stronger and bigger. Yeah. Lydia.
3: Yeah, I'm going thumbs sideways for the same exact reasons because they could be actually taking the time to make it bigger and better and they could just be like hey
4: see you bye.
0: <laughs> yeah. And to their benefit, so the 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 people behind Star Trek missions uh, is Reed Pop, who okay. you know they, they do C2E2, they do New York We we all know about Read Pop. Everybody listening, you know about Reed Pop. So <laughs> that said, I don't I don't think that it's going to be like the latter where they're just like, "Okay guys, bye." Um, I do I do genuinely believe that you know they are going to come up with a better event for the Star Trek fandom uh, but at the same time you know shit happens so um, Tabitha let's talk about Hela, H- Helena Bottom Carter That's not Helena Bottom Carter <laughs> <laughs> I don't know her Bottom <laughs> Bottom. Bonham, Bon-ham. <laughs>
2: You're not making it better.
1: He only recognizes her when she walks away.
4: Uh Oh.
2: (laughs) God, that was a throwback joke. Anyway, (laughs) the Library of London is welcoming Helena Bonham Carter. Essence first. It
4: <laughs> is not <laughs> <laughs> first
2: female president. Um, mm. She is quoted as saying, "The library is truly a place like no other, inspiring and supporting writers for over 180 years. Many of who, many of whom have in some way informed my own career and those of actors everywhere." She's been a member of the library since 1986, and she's going to be taking over the position uh, from Sir Tim Rice, a British author and lyricist. Um, Evidently this is not unheard of for the Library of London, um, which is the uh, first lending library in London ever in the history of time. So that's interesting. But um she's it's like a thing that they do where it's kind of like a celebrity that comes in, but then they do act as the role of the president and have those veto powers for things from the board of trustees and whatnot. I think this is really cool. Like sometimes you have to bring on those, I don't want to call it a celebrity endorsement, but that's kind of what it is at the end of the day to get that library some kind of recognition. And it's really cool that they chose Helena Bonham Carter for this role. <laughs> so I'm giving this a thumbs up.
1: <laughs> Matt. Um, I, I I think it's great that they use a celebrity to help bring recognition and the public eye to something like this. So thumbs up for being inclusive, diverse, you know, not just going with just a whole bunch of white men for their directors.
0: Lydia.
3: Yeah, I think this is awesome. I also like like you said the whole idea of bringing a celebrity in to kind of bring more attention to it is great. I also feel like having her in a position as like some kind of president for this library. Uh, I-, I feel like she's the kind of person that will like sh- stick it to people if they mm-hmm. try to ban certain <laughs> things. Right? Like she's going to let people be their weird self and it's going to be wonderful. So giant thumbs up.
0: Yeah, I I was fluctuating during this story because like at first, like, you know, hearing her be named president, I was like, okay, maybe, but it's kind of weird that, you know, like she's, she's a celebrity. She's clearly, I, I, Mm. I shouldn't, you know, um, assume these things, but I'm uh, guessing that she doesn't have like, you know, any kind of library science degree. (laughs) So why are you a president? But you know, like. You know, and then like, oh yeah, she's had you know she's been a member of that library since the eighties. Like, okay, all right, I guess I can see this. But knowing that this is something that they do, like I'm, I'm totally on board. With this, this is, this is fantastic. Definite thumbs up. Uh, kind of an aside. Have I told you guys the story about why I don't go to our library anymore? No, no,
2: no. But I'd love to hear it.
0: Okay. So,
1: story time with Mitch. It
0: is new segment. <laughs> <laughs> so this was gosh probably close to 20 years ago more than 15 less than 20 we'll say that so I had I, I was downtown and they're like I don't even remember what it was but like I had to print something off like right now you know so I go to the library to use their computers because that was one of the many benefits of the library you know Mm. Um, i'm very pro library however so i go in you know sign up you know like get a get assigned a computer i get assigned a computer in the kids area i'm like okay this is kind of weird but whatever this is where it put me and there are even there were signs on those computers saying that these are for kids only you know like uh, adults can't be here I don't remember exactly what it said, but that's that's what it, it, you know. So I'm like, okay, I should probably go and get a different computer. But at the same time, I'm right here. I have to do this right now. Whatever. It's fine. Do-do-do. So, I, you know, I go print my stuff. I go to log out. And I freeze the computer. <laughs> I'm like, well, clearly, if I tell you know somebody at the front desk like hey this computer is frozen and they see that i was assigned to it and then they're gonna be like hey why are you a grown-ass adult in a on a kid's computer so i just left and i've been back in that library since then maybe twice <laughs> they could don't i they go back it. and like even just get a new library card by now yeah probably
1: I'm pretty sure they don't have your picture posted behind the counter that says don't let this man in the library but you're only pretty sure
2: (laughs) I I assure you they do not
3: I'm just impressed by the
2: (laughs) okay here's the thing I messed up
3: I'm embarrassed I'm never
1: coming back here that is absolutely
2: something I would do (laughs) If I can get over my library trauma, you can get over your library trauma.
1: You should go Story together. time with Tabitha.
0: What's your library trauma? Have
2: I really never told you this? I don't know. Ooh. Oh, my God. All right. Baby Tabitha. <laughs> she is little Matilda child spending all her time out of her house in the library in her hometown, which, by the way, is in a creepy ass old building, the top floor of which is a museum to the family that developed and built the town. So the bottom floor...
1: I've been past the library. I will vouch for this.
2: It, it, the bottom floor is the library. Top floor is the museum. Right, right, right? Old ass building. Library. Hateful old bitch. Like when that woman died, a friend of mine from McLeansboro literally sent me her obituary and said, you're welcome. And I said, thank God. Horrible <laughs> woman. Horrible human. I am so glad I still loved reading after dealing with that lady. Anyway, flash <laughs> forward. I am seven years old. It is the middle of a Saturday. I curl my little nerdy book self up into a corner of the children's section of the library and i fall asleep nobody wakes me up they close the library (gasps) it becomes dark there are it's mcleansboro so there are no like alarms or sensors on the library it is also the very mid 90s i wake (laughs) up in the dark in this haunted goddamn building (laughs) it's a mess can't see shit there's no lights on I go to the front door, which is locked from the outside. I go to the back door, which is locked from the outside. I pick up the phone, which is turned off. The only the door... phone was turned off? The phone was turned off. I go downstairs into the basement where the microfiche phone was. And the back door uh, of the library like, is kind of like a walkout basement. Glass up top, wood at the bottom. It actually faces the police station. And Tiny Tabitha banged on that door for like an hour until a cop happened to be walking into the police station and saw this much of me going. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I had not gone into a library willingly
1: until, until
2: like three what? years ago yep. here. Wow. Wow. <clears throat> library trauma. But I go to our library all the time. I'm on the Friends of the Li- or the Lincoln Library Alliance now. Like very pro library. So, if I can get over my library trauma, you can get over them working if you're, <laughs> you're appropriately looking at things on the internet in the children's section. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, wow. My brain went there too. I'm yeah. with you. <laughs> <clears throat> it was bank related, okay? Uh uh-huh okay i mean i
2: believe you i'm just saying that was like if i saw a man sitting in the children's section i would just assume
0: yeah Yeah. thanks (laughs) but see the only difference between your library trauma and mine um is that if i were to move to a different city i would have zero problems getting a library card my my issue is this is this happened in still my hometown library
2: can I just sign you up for one? You can do it online. You don't even have to show your face.
0: Yeah, but still, they'll be like, ooh, that's him. <laughs> they are, are not. assure
2: you, you sure they will not? You don't even get fined for library late books anymore. The ru- There are no rules to the library, Mitch.
0: Fine, if I go in there and I get arrested. I'll
2: go with you. Okay. I'll hold your hand.
0: <laughs> Geek also, Awakens Field Trip.
2: Geek Awakens field Trip to get <laughs> Mitch a library card.
0: Also... Tiny Tabitha didn't want to have a sleep in at a library. Uh,
2: that Tiny sounds Tabitha amazing. Was in a freaking scary building all by herself <laughs> at like eight, nine o'clock at 9 on a freaking weekend. No, no, Tabitha did not. Tiny Tabitha was not impressed. Tiny Tabitha was traumatized, and when questioned, the librarian said, "Oh, I didn't see her back there."
4: <laughs> wow.
2: <laughs> I still maintain she did it on purpose. The woman was a cow.
0: She had a beef with you? She literally was like, <laughs> wow.
2: It's
4: <laughs> not intentional. I do
2: not
0: believe you. No, she
2: hated me, and I hated her. And even as a small child, I knew that that woman was my arch nemesis. Like, what I picture, okay, so if any of you read the Percy Jackson books, okay, there's these, these these description of the Furies that, like, infiltrate the school, right? In my head, when I read those sections of the books, that is the woman I picture as that person. She's been dead for like five years.
3: <laughs> still holding
2: a <the> grudge. <laughs> oh, for the rest of my life.
0: All right, y'all. We, <laughs> we went way <laughs> off. We went way off the. And road. this wasn't even food related. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. So um, I'm cutting some stories. I'm very sorry, but uh, we're, we're still going to do. We're going to do a couple more. Um, Matt. Let's talk about The Walking Dead.
1: I say, if I had to pick, I would pick the other one.
0: Then let's do the other one.
1: Okay. Okay. All right. (laughs) Good talk. I mean, The Walking Dead is... Are they still walking? Only until November 20th, and then the series finale airs. Right. Anyway. um, So, Bank of America and a... um, Research analyst Jason Haas has basically said that Hasbro, who owns Magic the Gathering and Dungeons and Dragons, is, quote-unquote, destroying the long-term value of Magic the Gathering um, by overprinting cards. Uh, During the pandemic, their sales, Magic the Gathering sales, nearly doubled. Um... But as of right now, card prices are falling, game stores are losing money, collectors are liquidating their collections, and large retailers are cutting the amount of cards that they're ordering. Um, Hasbro has touted their performance of Wizards of the Coast, which I said, which includes Dungeons and Dragons, um, but they're basing this Killing the Golden Goose on overprinting cards. Um, the Haas believes that the end of their growth is almost at the end. Um, over the last couple of years, they have been extracting revenue. He says from each player instead of growing the fan base. So just the players that they have are spending more money and now they're running out of, they haven't, they haven't gained any new players. Um, so by overprinting cards, nobody's buying the new cards. Um, it has caused the secondary market, which, as Mitch, as you know, for comic books is pretty lucrative in some cases, um, to basically crash. Um, there is a 30th anniversary set of Magic the Gathering cards, which includes cards that they promised would never be printed again. One of which is that Black Lotus, which the original went for like $900,000 or something like that at auction. It's one of the cards that's included in this 30th anniversary set. You can't play it in standard formats. You can't play it at tournaments. But because they're reprinting it, it's killing the value of the actual actual original cards. Um, I'm going to give this a thumbs down because I can't believe that Hasbro just continued to not have the foresight to see where this was going and to just inundate the market with thousands and thousands of Magic the Gathering cards which makes me sad because I had a collection I played Magic the Gathering uh, to a degree yeah I would love to go back and play again but it's pricey and the cards that you really want cost extra money because you're not going to get them out of a pack but maybe it'll be cheap now I don't know um if they kill this, I'm going to be real mad because this was a big part of my growing up. But thumbs down for Hasbro.
0: Lydia.
3: Yeah, I I agree. Like, I get trying to meet demand, basically, since there was such a surge of people like playing it and buying it during COVID and everything. But to reprint some of the cards that are <laughs> meant to be... Like special cards like that that you could only get at that certain time is very stupid. Say, I, I could, I could forgive the overprinting of normal cards, but that is the stupidest idea I have ever heard. <laughs> so thumbs down. Someone did not think this through.
0: Yeah, thumbs down. If you're gonna say this card will never be reprinted, then stick to your stick to your cards. Mm. Um, <laughs> Do it, do it.
4: <laughs> <laughs> no, nope, I'm letting you have it.
2: Okay, you want it? No, I'm the, not letting you have
0: it. <laughs> <laughs>
4: never gonna get it. Never gonna get it. Anyway, um,
0: <laughs> but yeah, and and that aside, I mean, overprinting cards. Okay, yeah, it, it is what it is. Um, you should probably try to figure out how to increase your fan base. Although, I mean, this happens sometimes, you know, like with, with other, you know, with, with other forms of entertainment, you you mentioned comic books earlier. That's another, you know, thing where it's like, there are some times where like, yeah, like you just, you don't get a new influx of, you know, of fans wait a few years. Oh, Hey, now you got all these other people in it. Um, but yeah, like it's it's unfortunate on Hasbro's end to you know maybe not think it all the way through, but at the same time you probably should have um, hired somebody to do that, and, and and maybe they have, but clearly maybe they didn't do that good of a job. Tabitha, uh,
2: so I have not played in a very long time, right? So I uh, have a friend of a friend who actually used to work at the same company where I work. That is like a Magic the Gathering pro. Like they recently went out to Salt Lake City to play in like a tournament. Like whatever. Oh, so I I texted his wife and I said, hey, random, can you ask Austin a question for me? How does he feel about the reprinting of the Black Lotus card? I get back. Hey, it's Austin. The M30 packs are dookie. And I said... Can I quote you on a podcast? And he said yes. However, my preferred words are the m 30 packs or dog shit. So <laughs> on behalf of Austin, I'm giving this a thumbs down.
0: All right. All right. Um, Tabitha, you almost had the last story of the night, but I got you beat this week. Oh. Um, yeah. So let's talk about Steve Jobs' sandals. <laughs> I'm sorry.
2: Oh, oh, my God. So I thought yes. we were moving into the last story. No. I was like, but that was my story.
0: Yes. Okay. I said okay. you almost had the last story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got the last story.
2: Okay. Well, I it's like the last did, story. Did a, okay, never mind. Anyway, <laughs> Steve Jobs, his shoes that he wore while walking around his house in California that they've now made into a historical site have been sold uh, for $220,000.
3: My house isn't even worth that much.
2: <laughs> Samezies. Um, The uh, Mm. well-used brown suede Uh. Birkenstocks dated to the 1970s were the record for a highest price ever paid for a pair of sandals. (laughs) I'm going to read the listing from the website... Auction listing, the cork and jute footbed retains the imprint of Steve Jobs' feet, which had been shaped after years of use. Uh, They anticipated that they would bring $60,000, but the final sale price, with an accompanying NFT, nonetheless, was $218,750. The buyer was not named. So I have two questions. Who do we think bought these?
3: Someone with a massive foot fetish.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then I was going to ask why, but Lydia already answered that. So I'm giving this a thumb sideways because, like, at the end of the day, like, good for the economy and, like, whatever, but, like, but why?
1: Matt, this is just. Like, we've. I'd, mm.
3: We've made Matt speechless. That doesn't happen, <laughs> right?
1: Like we talked about a gun stuffed in a chicken last week. <laughs> 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 but something about spending two hundred thousand dollars on Steve Jobs' stinky foot impressioned sandals just Birkenstock. Berk- sorry, <laughs> Birkenstock. Mm. <laughs> down. Lydia.
4: You
3: know, I'm not opposed to feet. (laughs) But, no, like, I don't, like, (laughs) let me
4: clarify. Let me clarify. Shut up. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs)
0: $200,000
3: lately. (laughs) If I had that kind of money, I would not be spending it on these stinky ass shoes. Um, No, like, (laughs) to clarify, I say this. Because my sister cannot stand the sight of feet, cannot stand anybody like being anywhere near her feet, doesn't like other people's feet, doesn't like its feet. I don't really care. But the thought of these old ass shoes that are suede and cork that just retained all this foot sweat since (laughs) 1973... No, no one needs to spend that much money on a pair of shoes to begin with, especially ones that have that much grossness on them. No, thank you. Thumbs down.
0: Yeah, I'm giving this a huge, big toe down. Uh (laughs) 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 Is that a new type of shave?
2: Yes, it's the holiday shame and the regular shame
0: (laughs) at the
4: same time.
0: Like, Double seasonal shame. Oppression shame. shame. Seasonal oppression shame. Seasonal depression shame. <laughs> <laughs> I like that Done. Sad. <laughs> it's
2: that viral thing where it's like, like you submerge something in like borax in your bathtub and like let the like germs and the dirt and the stuff ooze out. I want to do that to these
4: sandals.
0: <laughs> but yeah, like <laughs> No. Although, you know, like, and and the sad thing about it, too, like, how much do you think he could have gotten for feet pics when he was alive?
2: Oh, my God. So uh, much money. He already had so much money. But still, so much more.
3: Maybe that's how he got that much
0: money. <gasps> for a half second, I thought you were like, maybe that's how he died. Like, <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: I mean, that's a possibility, too. <laughs> what if the money wasn't actually made off of Apple? It was just Steve Jobs. Hmm. Picks. My phone's gonna like die tonight because I'm talking so much trash. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that or you're gonna start getting suggested ads for Steve Jobs foot 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 oh, picks. Probably. <laughs> so <clears throat> I've got if if Steve Jobs sandals is our dinner is our main course. Oh
2: no. <laughs>
3: I've got,
0: (laughs) (laughs) I've got the perfect dessert.
2: Never say that again.
0: (laughs) Uh. So you guys know spam, right? Y'all know spam,
2: like the emails, or like like (laughs) the the potted meat.
0: meat. The 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 meat. Okay. Potted meat. Potted meat. Anyway. (laughs) Canned meat. Whatever. (laughs) So they've got a new flavor for for the holiday season.
3: I'm already upset.
0: Yeah. It's it's figgy pudding.
2: No it is not.
3: Yes
0: <laughs> it is. It sure is. <laughs> what? Not it's, you. Okay. That's for spam. <laughs> spam gets a shame. <laughs>
3: The best part about these random things like this is we never remember what they're for by the time we get to the end of the year.
0: <laughs> so it's just like, why is there a
3: shame for spam? Besides the obvious.
0: yeah. So, this limited edition spam variety Excuse me, um, has figgy pudding flavors. They include, quote, notes of cinnamon and nutmeg combined with fig... And orange flavors. Yeah. So
2: I... it's fruitcake Spam. <laughs> to
3: go with your fruit cake soda from last week.
4: <laughs>
0: Don't remind me. Don't remind me. Um, so you can get it on Spam's web store, but it's sold out.
4: Huh.
0: Damn. You can also Spam. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can get... Uh looks like five two packs. No, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. One two pack for nine ninety nine. That's two pack, not two pack. Um <laughs> This is <laughs> <laughs> Um, this is on Amazon, and as of this recording, so by the time you listen to it, you're not going to be able to get this, but <laughs> if as of 8.45 p.m. on November 17th, 2022, if you order within the next three hours and 15 minutes, you can get it by Sunday, November 20th.
1: You got Amazon Prime shipping. Yeah. Um, spam. It's,
0: it's also available on Walmart.com. Ooh, but a pack of 2 is 14.13. So if you're going to get this, get it on Amazon. It's a little bit cheaper. But oh well, no. But well, wait, there's more. No. I was going to say on walmart.com you can get it by Wednesday, November 23rd, just um, time for Thanksgiving. Yeah, you'd still get it before Thanksgiving. But um <laughs> on on amazon.com you can get it Also, hashtag not sponsored. Um, You can get it both quicker and cheaper. Um, (laughs)
1: Spam's giving.
4: (laughs) Here's
2: the thing. I'm not even
1: mad about that one.
2: I like spam. I like a fried spam sandwich. I think it's delightful.
1: I'm I'm not against it.
2: However. This flavor. Why in the hell does it need to taste like (laughs) fake pudding? (laughs) So
3: that you can sing about it over the holidays. Cause <laughs>
2: <laughs> I would never add the word spam to. We wish you a merry Christmas.
0: We we wish you a merry spammas.
4: No, no, that's not gonna work for me.
0: So, spam, spam. is 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 nice. They it is the giving season, um, and so they are also giving you uh, some recipes. God, um, yeah. Oh, no. There is okay. one for a figgy pudding skewer. Um, we're going to click on that link real quick. God. Um, sure, fine. We'll accept cookies. Um, Are they spam cookies? <laughs> I hope so. Uh, no, they're Fig Newtons. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> uh, so the picture for this spam figgy pudding holiday skewer, it looks like it's got some red onions, maybe some cherry tomatoes. Um, oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, dried figs. Um, balsamic glaze. Ooh, and freshly chopped rosemary.
2: I kind of hate how not bad that sounds.
0: <laughs> um, there's also the spiced Dutch baby pancake with Spam figgy pudding and cranberry butter.
2: That was way too many words. <laughs> yeah, a, um, It's going
1: to take me longer to repeat that than it is to cook it. Uh-huh. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, you need to cube and brown your Spam figgy pudding for this recipe. yeah um, <laughs>
2: I can't get over Spam Figgy Pudding. Yeah.
1: Spiggy Pudding? Oh! <laughs> yeah. Ew!
2: Uh, never call anything Spiggy again.
0: <laughs> oh, I feel like that could be somebody's nickname. Like, not anybody in this room, but it could be somebody's nickname. Spiggy? Yeah, Spiggy! <laughs> hey, what's up,
1: Spiggy? What is <laughs> Happy days?
0: Is he gonna
2: pop a corner in the jukebox and then hit it so my favorite song plays? Maybe! Maybe, <laughs> share a milkshake with Betty Sue? Oh, my.
0: (laughs) So, serious question. (sighs) No,
3: we are not trying this on air.
2: I am headed to Walmart immediately after this, and I'm gonna look for it. But I'm not trying it. You are. (laughs) (laughs) Like,
0: raw or cooked?
2: Either way. How do you want it?
0: I don't don't know. I don't think I've ever had raw spam before. (laughs) Like, straight out of the can spam.
2: I've had it, like, smeared on a cracker.
0: Ew. (laughs) Cracker.
2: Oh, cracker.
0: All right. Well, um, can't say I knew that you could smear spam.
2: It's a potted meat. What else did you think you could do with it? Fry it. Yeah, you do. That's what I do with it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) All I'm saying is anything that makes it sound (coughs) coming out of a can is not meat.
2: (laughs) (laughs) a special shame for like when Mitch makes a noise that makes me gag sure
0: (laughs) does that happen frequently
2: at least twice
3: (laughs) I mean I make the rules so (laughs) what Lydia said (laughs) Hmm. Hmm, but what to call it
0: hmm the sound shame
4: no no No.
0: (laughs) I'll figure it out It'll, it'll be
3: it'll be fine
0: Well, in the meantime, that's going to do it for this episode of Geek Awakens. Uh, Like I said, stick around uh, because right after this, uh, we're going to uh, replay an interview that we had with Kevin Conroy back in 2017, Um, but we'll be actually, we'll be off for the next couple weeks. Happy Thanksgiving. Um, In the meantime, check us out on um, social media. Tell us what cool stuff we're missing out on. Any questions, comments, or concerns? Then shoot us an email. At the Geek Awakens pondca- Pondcast, <laughs> not Pondcast. Although that's that might be interesting.
2: <laughs> I, are we fishermen
0: now? Oh, so, yes. oh my god,
2: that's a really good name for a like a like a fisherman podcast.
0: Oh yeah, the huh, podcast.
2: I like oh. it. All right,
0: so during our break, we're all going to take up fishing, <laughs> and then. Yeah, we're going to start a podcast. Anyway. (laughs) Perfect. Any questions, comments, or concerns, then shoot us an email at Podcast at gmail.com. From all of us at The Geek Wakens, thanks for listening, and everybody say Happy Thanksgiving.
4: Happy Happy Thanksgiving.
2: Thanksgiving. Never colonizer.
5: (laughs) (laughs) With the one and only Kevin Conroy, also known as the voice of Batman. How are you?
6: Hey, good morning. Good to meet you.
5: Uh, So... First off, first question I have to ask, uh when you started doing Batman, did you have any idea that twenty five years later, you would still be the voice of Batman? I
6: had no clue. We didn't even know if it was gonna last more than a season. (laughs) You know, and then it was like Batman the Animated Series, and then it became Batman and Robin, and then Justice League, and then Batman Beyond, and then the Arkham games, and then Injustice, and I mean it's just it kept growing over the years, you know. Life is what happens to you while you're busy making other plans. You know, I didn't know this was going to happen.
4: Right,
5: right. And with all those, all the, the the live action films and everything, they have gone through so many different people to play Batman. But for me, and I mentioned, I we're in the same place here. For me, the Batman is Kevin Conroy. Uh, so uh, another question I've got is. Um, What other, if there are any superheroes that you've never voiced before, would you voice?
6: What superhero could you do after doing Batman? (laughs) I mean, he is the coolest superhero. Because he has no superpowers. He is super. I mean, he's... what's Everything about him is so complicated and so rich. Right. But everything he does... All the good he does is out of his own imagination. Comes out of his own wits. He doesn't. He can't fly. He can't see through things. He can't bend metal. Um, He's just a tortured soul who chose to take that anger and turn it into something good. That's what's so noble about him. The audience loves him.
5: And that's. I think in a lot of discussions that I've had with a lot of people, that's that's the thing about Batman. Is he's not some uh, Meta human, or he's not right. some superpowered anything. He's just a guy. Yeah. Uh, Mitch, I know you've got some questions. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So, all right. So, uh, kind of timely because Batman Harley Quinn is coming out here next week. But you've done you've done original stories. You've also done adaptations like The Killing Joke. Which which do you prefer? And then also among other like, is there like a classic Batman story that you would just really want to do?
6: Well, I think the classic story that we've done, which is the best Batman movie of all time, including live action is Mask of the Phantasm. I mean, that's hands down the best Batman movie, I think, because you get the whole genesis of the Batman story. Um, It's just, it's a great story. Um, uh, Whether I like doing the original scripts or the uh, adapted, I think it's easier to do the original scripts because the audience, they come into the adapted stories with a lot of um, expectations, Uh, like The Killing Joke. That audience was, you know, they were loaded when they went into the theaters and so you feel like you have to live up to people's expectations, you know, whereas when it's a new story, uh, it's all new for the audience, you know, so it's more of a ride for them and um, I, I enjoy that.
0: Awesome. Uh, and then also this last question actually came from, uh, from a fan of ours. But they, uh, they asked if you would be down to play A Knight of Wren so that Batman and Joker can fight in a Star Wars movie. A Knight of what? Wren. Like, uh, like a follower of, of uh, Kylo Wren so that okay. you can fight Mark Hamill as, you know, as Luke. I, would, I will do
6: anything to work with Mark <laughs> Hamill. Even if it's fight on Wren. Um, working with Mark is so much fun. We have so much fun. We're like kids in a playground together we have so much fun together he's crazy (laughs) so i mean he's perfect for the joker then perfect he's a nut and he allows me to be a little crazy you know so we have a lot of fun together
5: uh and you know as as i think about life i think about you know batman being so awesome he was such an integral part of my childhood uh and uh, i just wanted to thank you for being here taking time with us Uh, we really appreciate it thank you so much
4: good seeing you take care